What is going on? You are listening to Tags Podcast, aka Talk About Gay Sex Podcast. I'm your host, Steve V. This is episode 280. Alongside, welcome back, Jeremy Ross Lopez. How you doing? I'm well. How are you? Good, good. We're gonna. I want to ask you about Miami in a second. Lincoln, how are you? Doing good. Here we go again. I'm excited. It's good to hear your voice, Jeremy. I missed you. Likewise. I missed you. Absolutely. Real quick, Jeremy, what, how was uh, MIA? It was so fun. It was crazy. It was super busy. Very, very, very hot. And a lot of cuties. It was nice to go back out in the gay scene. Twist was a blast, and Nathan's bar was awesome too. It was fun. Yeah, tell us a little bit more about Nathan's because that seems newer to Yeah, me. so Nathan's is a really cute um, music video bar. Actually, the owner's name is Nathan, and he used to be a bartender slash DJ for Twist. Uh, he had his own designated room there. I believe it was the upstairs back bar room, uh, so it borders the dance room on the second floor if you know twist it's like many different rooms and vibes and levels and it's fun so he actually took his idea and what kind of his room was there and made it even better at his own spot uh, diagonally across the street from twist and it's nathan's bar and they have like really quirky little uh, vignette living room areas like all over the whole bar And then they have tons of screens and they play like just a bunch of cool music videos and stuff. And I would compare it to uh, the aspects that I miss of Rise Bar in New York. It's very similar to that vibe, but it also has a a, a boxer's vibe too, like a a gay sports bar type of vibe as well. And it was super fun. So that was our like early night happy hour place to hit before we go to dinner and then late nights at Twist. And Twist is open till 5 a.m. now, which I can't even like stay up that late anymore like I used to. <laughs> oh my God, such a fun maze. You could just go from room to room. And of course, the newer Palace uh, Drag Bar, which is, how'd you like that? So much fun. The, the shows were incredible. They have a lot of talent. They're like doing splits in the middle of the street and pouring vodka bottles all over their tits and it was great it was a lot of fun it's every 30 minutes which i had no idea going into it so we actually ended up going there three times over my trip oh cool yeah fun oh my gosh great well welcome back we missed you like you said yeah absolutely um i uh had such a great weekend because as you all know i was away in Northern California. And, you know, I, I feel like this past weekend, because it was family time, right? When I was back home, I feel like I reached my sex quota for the month in this past <laughs> weekend. I don't know who I was. You made I up was. for lost times while you were visiting? Who am I? I mean, my goodness. Uh, yeah. Um, oh, and, I forgot to add my sex yeah. from Miami. It was yes. literally just one person and of course it was a new yorker and a dominican <laughs> that was visiting and a dominican like, you said and our friend was like of course you're like the only person that would come here and meet someone that's from new york city visiting for like two days so yeah that was my little um, i love it yeah moment. i had one guy at the new york eagle here come up to me and was like how you doing kind of thing and i was like hey and he no sooner said, wait a minute, do you host that sex podcast? And I was like, I do. Yes. <laughs> and so that was kind of cool. And the other thing I did over the weekend on Saturday, I went to a clothing optional beach, Sandy Hook in New Jersey. The beach is called Gunnison Beach. Like I said, clothing optional. And have you been there, Lincoln? I have not. Okay, so I've always wanted to go there. I've always wanted to check it out. People have told me about it. We have a couple options to go to the beach here in New York. And this one, really, I I fortunately had a friend take me. And it was so wonderful being in his company because he really kind of took me under his wing in terms of like, 
show up at this time, buy this ticket, get on this ferry. Uh, the ferry ride over was awesome because, you, you know, I got to see all the bridges here in New York City, oh, which I cool. never know any of them. I'm After 13 <laughs> years, you'd think I'd know. I'm such a lame ass with that kind of stuff. But I, so I, that was super fun. I have to say I had such a good time and we were there for hours. I did actually, he and I took off our speedos at one point and we were lying out and he had this tent contraption that was Lycra that was super cool. So we were shaded and then he, he put on his swimsuit and said, let's go take a walk. And so then I, like a good follower, put on my, he's like, what are you doing? I said, well, I don't know. You put yours on. He's like, oh, come on. I was like, really? I, I dared myself. I, I free balled it, you know, and I had, I got over myself. It was so freeing to walk along the beach amongst the gays, the lesbians. Then it turns into the straights. We got in the water. I ran into former guest on the show, Corey Harmon. Uh, I think you know him. You might both know him. Yeah, he loves that beach too, I think. I heard Steve, <laughs> and it was Corey and his crew. Oh, and funny. They, they were beautifully naked, and I was, you know, hey. And I, I didn't know whether to shake a hand or shake a dick. I mean, I, <laughs> my friend literally said, I've never seen literally there he knows for certain now there there's not one t dick like another one like there's so many varieties like mm -hmm. even if it's the same size it's there's something a little bit different so that was fun playing that game and i think one of the highlights i met so many people which it's you know sometimes in certain beaches people stay in their little cliques i think mm -hmm. and this was nice because people were communicative and reached out and everyone was just had a smile on their face and the favorite part was at one point i'm taking a nap but and i could hear these two guys next to us putting their tent away and they were cracking me up because they're like wait one to one and two to two right when you're folding up the tent and <laughs> i was listening to all this you know background noise and all of a sudden i guess they finished and the guy leans i guess leaned into our area and says excuse me do you host a podcast about sex? And I said, I do. He says, I heard you talking and I recognized your voice. So oh, <laughs> shout out great. to you listening and I thanks for that. saying hi. I know. I thought that was really, really fun. But yeah, I, I had a great time there and I will definitely go back. Super, super fun. And so, what have you yeah. and Peter been up to this summer so far? Well, we <clears throat> we've been... Between Battle Him, which I think we talked to, oh, we talked about last week with Cody. You didn't hear all that, Jeremy. Um, oh, we went yeah. to Battle Him. We went out dancing on Sunday of Fourth of July, and that was really, really fun. Oh, and that then, party is awesome. Yeah, and it was the last one before the summer break, so that oh, was okay. that was very fun. And they played Madonna's Secret, and everyone was screaming louder than the lyrics in the song which was great i love it when that happens and it was peter's birthday over pride weekend so we had a bunch of dinners oh cool. and we saw madonna live at the standard when she performed and that was great and we went out walking around new york a little the day of pride but um we've just been kind of pacing ourselves you know like you said it's hard to stay up until 3 a.m. after not doing it for a year and a half. Yeah, so definitely. We're, we're trying to pace ourselves one step at a time. <laughs> this <laughs> week yourselves. is this is Bear Week in Provincetown. So usually, in the past, last year we had a, a, a Airbnb booked, and we weren't able to go because of COVID. And this year we just thought we would pass and hopefully go next year. So if we were coming up that way, I'd be begging to see you for a moment i know i love provincetown it's yeah, awesome there it's great. so fun yeah. i hope to be there at the end of the month I oh, have, nice. i'm waiting on my friends plans but we'll see i'll let you guys know oh, um, cool. all right well let's get into it well i can't remember lincoln if it was on this show or tag slide but we were talking about poppers was it with you lincoln uh, on how the fda uh, warned no. Okay, so this? we were talking about on Tags Live, and it set Twitter, the gay Twitter, up in a storm about uh, the FDA warning 
on several cases of deaths related to poppers. And when the FD, you know, Food and Drug Administration <laughs> comes out and warns, the gays were all in a tizzy. And as you can imagine, so we were talking about it a lot and people wrote into the show uh, expressing their feelings about it. At Patrick Kellett says, so with poppers, FDA issues out there, those bish- bitches are on to us, he said. Uh, what, what would be an alternative since it sounds like the world might shut it down eventually? My husband and I really enjoy them together. Um, well, Patrick, I want to read you this thing that another uh, person sent me, get the person that sent it to me, but there's this doctor out there who, I think he's on TikTok, and Dr. Carlton, and he's has a lot of followers, and so he wanted to put some clarifications on poppers and the FDA, so he said, uh, due to decades of homophobia and HIV stigma, no real studies have been done to accurately know the dangers. Of course, he says they have risks. Yes, we do know you shouldn't mix them with erectile dysfunction meds as the mix can cause cardiovascular collapse. Using them in high temperature situations like a sauna or steam room can also lead to similar cardiovascular collapse. Mixing with harder drugs also can lead to heart attack and stroke. Obviously, he says, don't use if on blood (laughs) pressure meds or have serious health issues. Mm -hmm. In reality, many people are still going to use them no matter what the risks are. Almost anything you do has a risk in life. He writes smoking, drinking, other drugs. Uh, Dr. Carlton says, my job here is not to judge you or preach to you, but to arm you with knowledge for harm reduction. Lastly, he says, there have been reports of vision loss which ranges from temporary to permanent. The problem is we don't know how often this all happens because there are no accurate studies. Mm. So lots of information there. First off, Jeremy, though, I do have to ask you because you used to work at the little boutique in the Eagle and sell uh, and and a, and a different boutique where I believe you sold poppers. Mm-hmm. Any is there are not, no two poppers are the same. What can you tell us? So I have tried many different kinds, and actually, I ordered myself some from uh, the Double Scorpio website, and those are definitely the best that I've had. Uh, they have a a black label bottle that looks like a leather jacket and. Those are definitely my favorite. Uh, I've been to leather trade shows before, so I've had the chance to try so many different brands, and these are definitely my favorite. Uh, they also sell a Double Scorpio Gold label that is also good. It's a little bit less potent than the black uh, label with the leather jacket on it, but if you like something strong, that's what I would recommend. Awesome. I love that. Great. That's really good advice. Lincoln, when you hear this about poppers, I'm not, A, number one, do you and Peter enjoy a good popper moment? What are your thoughts about the FDA or what Dr. Carlton suggests? Well, <clears throat> I, you know, give it to the FDA. If they're going to do clinical trials or if they're going to come out with a new standard of, you know, what the long-term effects can be, Sure, we should hear that from the scientists. I do believe in science and doctors and you know what I mean? So I want to hear what they have to say. But I've done poppers my whole life since my early 20s. I don't do them all the time, but I do do them quite often. Peter does not have the same effect with them, so he doesn't do them that much. And I'm, uh, I use Mr. S poppers from San Francisco that you can order through the mail. They seem the cleanest to me, if that's possible, and and they don't give me a headache or anything like that. But I've used them my whole life, and I've not had anything that I know about, you know, health detriment to myself. So, but I'm willing to learn, and, you know, I don't mix it with Viagra. I don't mix it with other drugs is the most, you know, for the most part, um, they're kind of their own thing. And I have, the older I've gotten, less is more. But I'm kind of that way with everything. Like if I'm yeah. going to have six drinks, it's probably a bad idea when I can have more fun out with only three. You know, so I'm kind of yeah, the same. right. 
Yeah. But you over the years, I've definitely done things that are not the smartest things in the world, like <laughs> the poppers on the rag, you know, on the handkerchief. Oh, Lord. <laughs> we also used to dip a cigarette in poppers and let it dry out and then smoke it. Oh my God. Wow. And I'm not dead yet. So you're going to be okay. (laughs) Rock star. And it was really fun. It kind of made your eyes switch sockets, but it was fun. But that was again. You live to tell. I don't even know what the poppers were back then, let alone what cigarettes were made of back then. I think it's a little bit more. It was maybe pure back then, but maybe not. I'm not sure. And Lincoln, you lived to tell. I did. Get the reference? <laughs> I do. Okay, good. All right. <laughs> so here's my quick advice. Um, first of all, when all this came out, you really need to know how you react to them. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, you can't. I love what Dr. Carlton suggests is, yeah, you cannot be mixing stuff with, you know, erectile dysfunction meds, Viagra, all that stuff. Or if you were in a hot tub, bad idea to be doing those kinds of things. So you kind of have to at least, if nothing else, the information that's come out is hopefully going to make people aware. Because I I believe that there have been some cases of people dying. And, and I'm sure a lot of it has to do with mixing layering in Mm -hmm. different drugs and that's just not good or if knowing your particular health situation so if you you know if you have a heart condition or you have high blood pressure probably not a good idea and so less is more to lincoln's point yeah Uh, definitely you know it was weird at one point have you ever seen people do them on the dance floor yeah yes and i've done that yeah, it, that's so weird to me, but there, I remember this one time I was at a circuit event and this guy was running around and he would like pull your head to him. And I knew him. He was an acquaintance. Like he was going to maybe like tell you something, but he put it right up to your nose and you almost <laughs> like breathed it in. That is such a bad idea to do to anybody because you don't know where they're at and talk about being overheated. So please don't make anybody do them. I was at the Eagle and people were passing around, but it it was for fun and you had the option to turn them down. Uh, For the guy that's wondering if, you know, my husband and I really enjoy them and what's the alternative. I say stock up, (laughs) pretend (laughs) it's the beginning of the pandemic all over again and raid the shelves like Lysol. (laughs) <laughs> but with <laughs> poppers and there's always the internet i mean you know you can always find something on the internet to buy so i have no doubt that you would be able to get them online i just don't know you know what brand you would get so one other right. little piece of advice if i might <clears throat> yeah do not share poppers in a club or on a dance floor you could get a staff infection from that you don't know what is on other people's noses and it's not right. a good idea. Just yeah, definitely FYI. not. Not poppers, not <laughs> bumpers or anything else in the world. That's stuff you keep yourself for you and your partner and that's it. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe a close friend because you know them and you're all out together, but that's not the kind of thing you bounce around. And if you do do it, do not let it touch your nose. Wipe off the top first. Do not let it touch your nose. Another, that's a great yeah. tip. At, you know, people were having fun at the uh, cru- the cruise bar. And yeah, I mean, d- you know, don't. And it is a neighborly it. thing to do, to share. <laughs> like it's a neighborly depending thing on, to do. Depending on what you're doing in a certain part of a club or a bar or something like that, you pass it around. And it, that's great. I get that. And I, when I go out, dan- even when I went recently out dancing, um, I bring a few bottles with me. And if there's people, I give it to people and never see it again. Like, here's a gift of the night. Enjoy. Because I think that's fun. And you never expect that at a dance club and it's positive energy that more is more. And you could say goodbye to Apollo Poppers every once in a while and give it to the the night. (laughs) Give it to the night. I love it. All right. Well, we always tell you that we are here for you. We will offer you solicited or unsolicited sex advice. You can always DM us on our Instagram at Tags Podcast. And this week comes from uh, Mike. And Mike writes, hey, y'all, I'm a 33-year-old gay cis guy who is really struggling with dating. 
during college, I did a lot of dating around, but didn't enter anything overly serious until after college. Since then, I've been in a two in two serious relationships. The first was four years, and the other about three. Both were toxic, he says. They were both mentally and physically abusive and were addicts, meth to be more specific. I drink and smoke pot, but have rarely done anything more, and I've never used meth. In three and a half years since I've spent a lot of time working on building myself up and building my life, I'm not a perfect 10, but I'm good looking. I work full time, own my home, have my own car. I love to travel and camp with my dog and friends. I'm ready to start dating again, but I have no idea how to begin. He says that the apps, uh, I'm just switching over to the rest of this. The apps have been great for sex, but anytime I meet someone from the apps or from anywhere, I freeze up and it becomes incredibly awkward for everyone involved. And he says, I need some advice on how to relax and enjoy these dates and how to keep my anxiety down while on these dates. Jeremy, what were your thoughts when you first heard this? And do you have some uh, advice for Mike? I think uh, <clears throat> the best thing to do is put yourself in a, a situation where you feel most comfortable. So I kind of enjoy dates to be, I think we've discussed it before, but something a little bit more along the lines of casual. So sometimes dinner's a little bit too intimate for a first date. And I find going on a walk with someone helps clear your head. I think fresh air is good for everyone uh, coming out of just the the year that we've been in. I think grabbing coffee is great. Uh, maybe like a quick yogurt. I don't know. Just something that's not doesn't have so much uh, relying on Weight it. Weight to it. Yes, and isn't so heavy. Something that's very light and easy and puts this uh, the this listener at ease would be helpful to enjoy the date and have it be something that's organic and also allow this person to be themselves rather than making it contrived or getting too in their heads about just the pressure that goes into having a date. And I completely understand his point of view of like sometimes bottling up or just automatically either feeling judged or judging someone or comparing the situation to something else that you've experienced with someone else before. So I think it's really good to stay true to yourself. And I think the best way to do that is putting yourself in comfortable, low key, easy first dates and situations with people that you want to potentially get to know. And to follow up with what you're saying, you can actually meet more people you could think of it like speed dating and like less time and get more volume of people and weed out like okay no and definitely and i also like the idea of it being uh i've found even just being in the suburbs versus being in the city that trying to make friends is always a better way to go and start rather than trying to force it to be a boyfriend or a relationship because it could always evolve to that. But once you taint it by putting too much pressure on it from the start, it kind of ruins it for what it could potentially be. If you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I went with somebody to the beach that we had a little, you know, just, uh, we slept together. Okay. (laughs) But Mm -hmm. we uh, went to the beach all day and it was awesome. We had such a good time that it was, you know, freeing and not serious. And, and, and I love that. So yeah, but I already knew him for a while. So I wouldn't recommend that because we were there for hours. But I love your advice on that. Uh, meeting a lot of different people. Um, Lincoln, what's your advice? <coughs> well, as you're in a relationship? <laughs> I completely agree with Jeremy about the pressure and taking all that off. I would um, do that mentally before anything else is my advice to this guy. Take away the word date. Just take it away mm-hmm. and saying you're getting to meet. You're going to go see someone. You're going to meet someone new. That's it. Stop thinking that you are not a perfect 10 because you are mm-hmm. the perfect 10 for someone else's perfect 10. And that's going to naturally happen. So take that pressure off of yourself. And if you try and just lighten up across the board about thinking this is the one or this is 
my action in needing a companion. No, just get to know as many people as you can. Like maybe Mm -hmm. hang out with someone three times before you go on a date with them, if that's possible. You know what I mean? Like play the field and shake it all off because, you know, being with the wrong person forever is hell on earth. Mm-hmm. And if you're jumping into this circumstance thinking, I am here to find my perfect other person, no one can relax. So just try and have fun. And like Jeremy said, going for a walk or doing something, just going to see an exhibit or th- some graffiti in New York City, or I'm not sure where this where this person lives, but just Cleveland. Those, you know, Cleveland, hey, I asked there's, him. there's great things that, that you could go see in Cleveland that don't cost money. I even think Starbucks is such a good, uh, yeah, just a low key thing to do with someone, and it's I actually find it like fun and therapeutic to like I sit outside that. and and just learn something about someone and have coffee. Yeah, and go to a park with it, or go for right. a walk around the block with it. And if you know, it's not a job interview. Talk mm-hmm. about the color of the sky, or what the coffee tastes like, or what your favorite beverage is, instead of. You know, how long have you been single? How long? All those things that really do define a date. Mm-hmm. Try and break out of the date world, especially in this new day and age. You know, and a perfect example of the advice that both of you are giving to Mike is our other co-host Cody, who during the pandemic went on several dates. He was kind of logging them on the shows as we went along, <laughs> and he went. He, I was so like enamored with him and because he would go and meet friends during the day in the park and he went through a lot of different dates that way and I was always like wow you're like so cool and ultimately is I think six months now with his boyfriend Joe and they're a testament to Cody's a testament to going on several park you know chit chat dates and found the one so yeah so it can definitely work out that's great advice you know the one thing i wanted to point out in reading this i couldn't help but notice uh he says the two long-term relationships he was in were both mentally and physically abusive they were both um and were addicts and you know take this the right way um i'm a fan of therapy or of you know, life, like Cody's a life coach and talking to somebody to maybe see why, you know, it could be nothing, but you can look at maybe why those two times you, you know, were with those kinds of people and, you know, maybe talk that through because you don't want to repeat that, I think. And so, consider it is Steve, my Steve, that is absolutely, absolutely gospel truth what you just said. And I do think that he should do that before really taking a date seriously. Because the Mm -hmm. word physically, he said both mentally and physically, both of them. So, and you don't want to jump into that again. Nobody does. So if that is your definition of dating or the one I'm sure he's, I mean, he did work on himself it's oh right, he did. Thank you for thank you. Yeah, yeah, he did do work on himself, but also the fact that he reached out and wanted advice from us is doing work on yourself. So there's many yeah. things to congratulate yourself with with the steps you've taken. But again, there's bigger steps to also take. I think, and that's great advice. Love it. I love it. All right. Well, Mike, I hope that helps. If you want some sex and relationship advice, we'll give it. DM us on our Instagram at Tags Podcast. Uh, we're here for you. All right. Well, I couldn't help in talking to catching up with a friend in Los Angeles over the weekend. He was telling me of a dinner party he went to and dinner parties are back. And it was one of those dinner parties that he knew the main one of the main hosts was celebrating being um, sobriety, uh, and but it was great because he's sober now, and it wasn't like this dinner party was like no alcohol because you know how that could be, right? Or have you ever heard of weddings where they're sober but then there's like no alcohol? It's like uh uh-uh, uh, I would <laughs> not go to that wedding. Happy for you, but no. But you'll get a gift. But so (laughs) he was at this dinner party and somehow uh, this 
guy had brought a younger guy to the dinner party and somehow the conversation got into social media social media and the the older of the two i think he was in his late 50s said oh yeah uh, millennials and gen zers do not understand that what they put online will haunt them forever that was a quote i got the quote from my friend <laughs> and so the boy that he was with said well do you are you talking about like only fans and the guy said yes younger people will definitely regret only fans of this era and it's just you know such a bad idea on and on and it created this whole argument where my friend you know you can imagine how this like everyone got fired up about it mm -hmm. jeremy what are your what are your thoughts when you hear this argument do you think that because for me, I'll just tell you my opinion real quick. If he had just stopped, millennials and Gen Zers do not understand that what they put online will haunt them forever. If he was just talking about like Twitter or Facebook, it could harm you for job interviews and that kind of stuff. Or, you know, we hear about stories about racist comments and so on and so forth. But when the other one asked him, what about OnlyFans? He doubled down and said, no, absolutely OnlyFans. What are your thoughts when you hear this argument? I I kind of disagree. I wouldn't group OnlyFans in with the rest only because OnlyFans is not a public platform. So the fact that it's private does change the amount of uh, exposure of exposure of your content that you choose to put out. Also, I think the the Gen Zers and the generations now, I I do have a feeling that they're not as ignorant as certain people would assume. And I think they do have in their thought process, they know what they're releasing on which platforms and what and so, so not because they have all these different accounts. And I, I've seen just as examples of people that I follow and things, people do edit what they post on certain platforms versus others. Like Facebook is someone will put something on their story that they wouldn't put on Instagram or that they wouldn't post on Twitter. And, and then the content that there is on their OnlyFans, you're not going to find on their Instagram or their Facebook. You know what I mean? So I think right. they, are, they are thinking about what is going out there and what they're putting out into the universe. And I do completely get his point of view, but I do think give them more kudos and credit because I do think that uh, OnlyFans is not grouped in with the rest of them. And I also do think that they are aware of what they're putting out there. I do agree with him. There are certain things that can come back and haunt you. And especially in your professional career, wherever that may go, there are things that can come up that you can either deny or try to deny or be embarrassed about. But if you stay true and you're honest about whatever did come up in the future, I mean, then nobody can hate you for it. And I mean, and you get the job or you don't get the job. You know what I mean? Totally. I have a lot to say about it, but Lincoln, I want to hear from you. Well, <clears throat> I, I'm, I don't know if I have a focused thought about this. I, I don't understand how some people can post the entire world and it seems to never catch up with them. And then other people get canceled because of something they post that's, equally as inappropriate as what people who don't get canceled. So I, I think mm -hmm. it's hard to, to wrap my head around how it can't catch up with people in the long run. I agree with you, Jeremy, that fans only is different than the rest of social media. However, I know a lot of people that used to be escorts or rent boys that are no longer escorts or rent boys. And because it wasn't online, they've had an easier time escaping that part of their life. Mm -hmm. And if they do have an OnlyFans, even though it is a private platform, there's an evidence there that wasn't there in the past. So again, I don't know. I, I, I just think people put way too much up online anyway, and most of it is not that interesting. And if you're going after a job or if you have something happen to you that you want to run for office, or I don't even know what the most prestigious thing is to do these days, because you know what I mean? Like people can 
be a governor and have all of these cases against them of sexual harassment, but they're still governors. So I don't know how it really catches up with people anymore, but when it does, it sucks. I think you're I mean, look at our old president. I mean, look at all the shit that caught up with him, and it's, and I he's mean, still it, not in jail or being right. not even. I should it say didn't even do anything he's not really accountable for it yet, and we keep waiting mm-hmm. for it to be accountable for him, let alone other people in the world. I mean, Bill Cosby just got out. What what is mm-hmm. happening? Right, but to let's our not confuse world? people that those are people that have done wrong at least definitely in bill cosby putting only fans isn't the other thing i think you nailed it when you said i think what you're essentially saying it's to me when i got out of this discussion was his argument was dated so if he was maybe having this conversation like 10 years ago 15 years ago perhaps but this is somebody that is not is stodgy and is not moved with the times and what you were essentially saying is, I, or I, what I think is, yeah, it's not like the 90s or the early 2000s. People have OnlyFans. And I think if you're going to have an OnlyFans account, you're probably not running for president or governor or what have you. And people are, it's, we have actors now who are doing hybrid Sometimes they have OnlyFans accounts. There's, it's just a, it just felt dated, like the converse, like a dinner party conversation that was, like dated. That's all the word, first thing that came to my head. And I think the people that are doing, we've had so many people that have OnlyFans accounts come on our show, and they are, the ones that are really doing it and have so many subscribers are the ones that are organized and they are either managing the the scenes that they do and the, the production and their porn career in conjunction with this, or they just have this because they have some fetish that people like. And I think it's, there's a lot of thought and time that goes into this and we're, it, it's just a different era. So I think, no, I would have, if, I wish I was at that dinner party to shut it down, but <laughs> my friend did a good job of it. And I just, yeah, that's why I think about that. But interesting, huh? As we all gather together and uh, have these conversations, it's it's funny. Lastly, I uh, my friend was, we were at the beach and again with communing again, people, my friend made this comment to me because somebody asked us, the age old question of how did you meet and it annoyed my friend and I couldn't help but think because somebody asked us, where did, how did we meet? And if you ask two gay guys, if they're hanging out, how did they meet? Chances are they slept together. So it's, it cracks me up. Um, does it, it kind of irks me that question. Like, why do you need to know? Like, we're just, we're, we're to get, we're friends or we're hanging out. But does it bother you at all, Jeremy, when somebody asks, how did you meet? I honestly, it doesn't bother me just because I felt like uh, I separate the two. And I mean, I don't have a problem with saying that I slept with someone. So, I mean, I don't, I don't find an issue with it. And it is an, like an age old question. I feel like people always ask that. And when you're friends with another gay person, it's like, if you didn't sleep with them, they're still going to assume that you did. So for, for some reason, yeah. like, good point, actually, like, that's a good one. Like they would always ask me point. and Steve, if we slept together or John and I, and I'm like, no, it's a, it's not everybody sleeps with all their friends. And if they do, that's fine too. But I, I, yeah, for me, it doesn't bother me whatsoever. If I slept with them, I'm going to say the first time we met, we fucked from Grinder, and now we're besties. You know what I mean? It's like, right. I don't think it's water under the bridge for me. I'm still going to use that next time because I found myself, my friend looked at me and I'm like, okay, I have the stage here. And <laughs> I found myself dancing around like saying, well, I used to know his ex-boyfriend and we met <laughs> this whole thing. Well, we I slept, we had a threesome with the ex-boyfriend in this one. Mm-hmm. And so it's, I, I could hear, like I almost like elevated myself out of my body and could hear like the bullshit story I was trying to conjure up. <laughs> and I should just say what you said, Jeremy, is like, 
well, we fucked. I fucked with his ex-boyfriend. Now we're here. We're friendly. We're at the beach. Because I just yeah. feel like that sort of feedback when you're really honest, it's like, what are they going to say? Oh, my God. Like, shocker. Right. I don't As think we're naked on would. the beach. Yeah. And you're <laughs> well, at Gunnison Beach together. And you traveled from it's... Chelsea all the way there. <laughs> I mean, shocker. You know what I mean? Lincoln. <laughs> I think, first of all, I love the question because it continues your storyline. Right. How did you and I meet Steve? How did you and I meet Jeremy? I don't think mm-hmm. it automatically goes. But we know how we met. <laughs> yeah, but people ask me. People ask me all the time, "How did you end up doing that podcast?" That's different. And that, no, it's how did you and Steve met? Well, we met. We mainly met through the Eagle and had a good conversation with one another. But like, I don't mind. How did you meet? Now, get, you have to go who, what, when, where, why, right? If you're naked on a gay beach and you say, "Yeah, we slept together," and then we became friends because we decided it's better to be friends than lovers. That's a normal conversation. If you're at Thanksgiving dinner, probably not the way to start off how you guys met. Right. Right? So like read the just room. know that so it's situational. Yeah. Yeah, and and not for nothing, we're pretty interesting people, right? People mm-hmm. are interesting and that's how you get to know how interesting they are is how did they meet? Oh, you guys met at Bear Week? What year was that at Bear Week? Or, oh, you met on Grinder, but you never slept together? You just became friends? I have a good friend of mine who's actually a very good friend of Peter and I's that we talked on Scruff for almost six months, just about life. And are you going out here? And are you going out there? And the first time we met person to person, I was part of an art installation at Paddles. Of where course you were, they Lincoln. put me in a jockstrap, <laughs> coated me with paint and then i laid on a canvas and then they did a silhouette of my body on the canvas that was all these drips of paint and he came and watched the project him and i still have not slept together we're really good i was just at his house for pride it's a good story you know what i mean it's a good story that they they used to do art installations at paddles it's a good story that we chatted on especially with some of our conversations about the apps you would think things like that never happen on Scruff, but they do. So I like the question, how'd you guys meet? Okay, well, how about this next one uh, that my friend told me that he hates? And this one, I also, <laughs> I, we're both like, eh, we hate it. <laughs> where are you from, Jeremy? How can you not like where are you from? Because, so here's well, my, we, yeah, our issue Let me just tell you that. mine, really. Right. Here's mine, because we both had kind of the same thing. He was... Like for me, I get it. I don't often know where are you from. Like, where do I live? And I feel like I have so many homes, so it's too long-winded to answer sometimes. And then the other thing is, I know they sometimes mean, where are you from? What Latino ethnicity are you? And it's like this whole other way of finding out about that. And so it goes down this whole rabbit hole for me that is triggering uh, that word that, but that's on you, babe. That's it not is, on the but question. I can, but I also don't like the question. So okay. I get well, to then, not like it, but okay. <laughs> and my friend didn't like it either. But Jeremy, what are your thoughts on it? So, you know, my thoughts on it, I just get annoyed by it because I know that they're never asking where I'm actually from. They want to know the ethnicity, but if you ask, what's your background or your nationality, then I know what you're, what you're asking. It's but where out. you're from, and my answer is Boston, that's not good enough because that's not what they were looking for. So that's been my personal experience with that question from almost any person that ever asks it. Wow. Boston's not a good enough answer yeah, because yeah. that's not what they're asking. You said but it they're not asking the proper question. It's lazy in a lot of ways because I don't think they've really formulated what they're really trying to ask, I think. And it's like, then you have to go through, oh, sorry, that's not good. It's like I often say New York. No, no, but where are you really? And it's like, well, California. Then they often say, but what's your background? Well, I'm Mexican. Mexican. Oh, where in Mexico were you born well i was born in america so i'm mexican-american oh do you speak <laughs> spanish i don't know maybe well, i learned spanish but oh so you're not really mexican then okay so actually what you so essentially you were trying to tell me who i was but you had to go through this roundabout motherfucking way to do it i get wow. it 
Yeah. Well, that's <laughs> Lincoln. I know you disagree. So oh, tell well, us. I just have a completely different experience. Where are you from? What nationality are you? <laughs> Those are called questions from an adult to an adult. And we don't have to project all of this anger and hostility towards it. I just want to know where you're from. I don't know. I just, I do not see your view on this at all. Well, and when but did now you hear people what we were saying? have said to me, I can't, I don't, you have kind of an accent. Where are you from? And I'm like, I am from the Bay Area and I moved to New York City and this has always been the way I talked. I don't really think I have an accent, but some people sometimes think I do. That's the closest I can relate to what you guys are showing me, how layered a question as simple as where are you from can be. Because mm-hmm. I haven't had it, there, there's no subtext. Well, I mean, I'm sure in my lifetime I've had subtext there, but um, I, I don't feel all that he's really trying to get to the bottom of something else. And I certainly have not done that when I ask other people, Hey, where are you from? Do you live in New York or yeah, I, I just don't. I think it, I think if I can at least speak for myself and the people I've talked to, it often happens to people of color because I think what they're really asking is more of a background question, whether it's an ethnic background or some sort but it, the generalized question is, where are you from? And that's where we experience that. Is that how you feel, Jeremy, about that? Like 100%. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, so I think it's a, the way that I explain it is I don't have any animosity towards it. It's just it's the wrong question for what most people want to ask me specifically. Like, right. if I want to know someone's nationality, I'm going to ask, what's your genetic makeup or what's your background? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Rather than where are you from, which could be like anywhere, Alabama, Ohio, Texas, you know what I mean? Florida. But the question that they're asking me specifically is what makes me look the way that I am? Mm. Oh, thank you. Amen. That's exactly what they're really asking. And so let me ask you, is that how you usually answer when you say, when someone says, where are you from? Yes. Because when someone says to me, where are you from? I go, I was born in the Bay Area. I lived in San Francisco most of the time, but I was born in Walnut Creek. And then I moved to New York. My dad's English-German. My mom's Italian. I'm an only child. How about you? Where are you from? You do that whole thing? Yeah, if I really want to get to know someone, sure, why not? Mine is usually Boston is the answer. And then they... (laughs) I know I say New York, too, often. And then they're not, then they want to know, they ask more questions after that. Like I say that if I feel like someone is asking more than just where are you from, but like, what's your background? Where did, you know, like, where were you raised? How were you, that, if that's the conversation, but I certainly don't get defensive when someone asks where I'm from, because I don't think they're asking, I haven't, let me be clear about what I'm saying. I haven't had the experience of a lot of people asking me where I'm from, wanting Mm -hmm. to know something else, Mm -hmm. wanting to know my ethnic background, wanting to know, you know, that kind of thing. Does that make sense? I want to know where I'm I'm from. Right. Mm -hmm. And in fairness, Lincoln, I, this was beach talk where me and my friend were just kind of like, you know, what annoys us or something. Because somebody did ask us that. I definitely don't get, you know, I'm not like firing back you when know, somebody says, where oh, are you no. from? This is just a question that can't beach talk and pose the question. So. so you know what that's comparable to, to me too, which a lot of people get very defensive about is what do you do for a living? Yes. People like hit the fucking roof when you ask them, what do you do for a living? Well, well if anyone's too. work, you hate that question. Yeah. <laughs> I, I also feel question. They're lazy. They're lazy, dated questions. I think it's a very New York question, to be honest. It's a what? It's a very New York question. No, it's no. totally. Oh and my people, god! How is that I'm a communications dated? major, obviously. I do the show, and I think people like like words are beautiful, and come up with some newer questions. Come on, we've got an like an encyclopedia of beautiful words that you could formulate that you if you choose to be in this person's company don't go to those dated lazy questions come up with some like interesting things i just think it's so it's lazy and they're age old 
Well, if someone walks up to me and says, so what do you do for a living? That's a lot less creepy than what are your innermost passionate thoughts or <laughs> what, what really, how do you make your income or what, like, what are, what are these words that are just basic conversation questions? I don't know. Like I met a guy, I, we got to wrap this up, but I met a guy on the beach and we we're going to hang out this week. And, and I think just friendly, um, he was so funny to me. So in other words, just real quick, my friend, saw somebody on the beach and they were like in their conversation. And so the friend was with somebody and I was like, Oh, hi, I'm Steve. And he said his name. And so as those two were catching up, we're trailing behind. He was so funny to me about, we were talking about the nakedness of being on the beach and he's from, he did say he offered he's from San Francisco <laughs> just, because he just moved here. That's what he said. I just moved here. And I said, so that, uh, I said, well, where did you move from? And he said, San Francisco. And the, I said, oh, my God, I'm from there. And I lived in San Francisco. And so it was, he, and he cracked me up that I'm like, I have to hang out with this guy because he's so funny and I love humor. And so we're going to check out that new Q club this week. And so it wasn't like, what do you do? I mean, yes, the podcast came up, but I don't know. I guess the that's what I think is interesting, and I know we have to wrap this up, but we had someone right into the show talking about being uncomfortable on a date. And we just all kind of said our piece on you can go from where are you from <laughs> to just being funny and telling stories about your life. You know what I mm -hmm. mean? But I don't think mm -hmm. any of this is off the table, especially if you're trying to get to know more people. I don't think any of it is really dated because it's kind of the basics, right? I don't know. It's the basics. The I basics. Think my, my sister told me about a fun date she went on this weekend, and they kind of got into some interesting questions that were, I don't know, fun. But yeah, and for the record, no, I'm not going to bite someone's head off if they ask that question. It's <laughs> It was beach talk and just little irks. But yeah, that's it. Thanks for playing, you guys. This has been jam-packed. Definitely. Jam-packed. You can always follow Jeremy uh, on his Instagram at jrosslopez. You can follow Lincoln. He's got two of them at his uh, protein bakery, at protein bakery, or his personal account at Mad Lincoln. And then for us, follow us or ask us for sex or relationship advice. We love to give it at tags podcast at tags podcast. Um, and in the meantime, continue having. Hot, Hot gay, gay set. Sex. Yay! <laughs> <laughs>